Okay, Max, you've had your fun. It's time to go. Come on, Allison. Max, she's right. Let's go. Oh, come on. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Max, I'm not kidding this time. It's time to go. Max, no! To thank fucking god it's friday i'm drew and i'm katie and today we're gonna be talking about a movie that has ties to friends a goofy movie will and grace and the shape of water that is a very wide variety of things <laughs> yeah there are a lot of and they're all extremely small random things okay. um, but we're talking about the movie hocus pocus uh and we are not here alone today we're here with my friend from college grace hi i'm grace hi it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, Grace and I were not, we were in the same cohort for, for teaching, right? You were in the elementary school one. Correct. I was in the high school, but it was like the same classes for the most part. Um, and then I got a job out here in Seattle and did you go to Arizona right away or were you somewhere else first? Yeah. I taught in Phoenix for three years. No. Oh. And now you're back in Michigan. Yep, I taught for a year in Michigan, and now I work at Grand Valley, not as a teacher. Nice. Yeah, I, smart, got out. <laughs> <laughs> the smart way to do it. Not teaching. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my kids, but I'm sure they'll hear Yeah, they'll hear this and be like, wow, Togo doesn't want to teach anymore. Because some of them listen. Oh, really? And I was like, why? You, don't, you weren't alive during this. <laughs> Well, uh, the 90s are back, and so all these shows are on, like, Hulu and Netflix and stuff. I mean, this true. movie that we're talking about today, it plays for the entire month of October on Freeform. What is Freeform? It's the new Family Channel, Fox Family Channel, ABC Family Channel. Gotcha. Okay. But, yeah. So, Grace, I know that you are a big... Hocus Pocus fan, you mentioned that you have already watched it twice this year. Yes. So how do you feel about Halloween in general? Are you like a big Halloween person? I do like Halloween. I like holidays in general, but Christmas is more of my speed. Like that's my favorite. So I don't do a ton for Halloween usually, except for watch a bunch of movies. And occasionally I'll do like a very low key costume that okay. effort. Yeah. <laughs> Do you watch, like, scary Halloween movies? Now I do a little bit, but I used to be a huge scaredy cat, so Hocus Pocus was pretty much, like, the the most scary I would get. But now I'm getting a little bit better with it, so I'll do a mixture. It's still the scariest that I'll go. <laughs> I, no. But you watch Scream. Like, you were surprised that I hadn't seen it. Yeah, I watched Scream because I was at a sleepover at a friend's house <laughs> in fourth grade, oh, and they put scream on and i was like i don't think we're allowed to watch this guys it's rated r and we're not 18 17 whatever you to be so you haven't seen it since that no oh okay scream is one of my favorites but one time i was at a party when i was 
I think 13 and they were playing urban legends. And I went in the other room and just hung out by myself. Oh man. <laughs> Didn't want to watch it. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's a movie. I thought it was like a game people oh, were playing. No, it's kind of similar to scream. Okay. Got it. I steer clear of those. <laughs> Did you have a favorite Halloween costume growing up? I dressed up as Pippi Longstocking once. I liked that one a lot. Oh, nice. Pippi. What about you? Um, so all of our costumes were pretty much store-bought. And so the costumes that I like of my own have been more as an adult. Like when I was Pam Beasley during the second season of The Office and Carmen Sandiego and The Hamburglar. But my most memorable is probably I was The Little Mermaid. Okay. And my dad was in charge of Halloween that year, and it was kind of a disaster. I was, like, ripping the tool all the way down the street. <laughs> I I was Darth Vader one year, unsurprisingly. <laughs> and But I had glasses, like, thick glasses. This is before, you know, they had, like, the thinner lenses that you had to pay more money for and all that. Because I was very blind. And we had to cut out Darth Vader's eyes so that I could see and like wear my glasses because otherwise they were like smashing against the front oh. of the Vader's eyes. So it made it a lot less. Clearly, it's not scary. I was like four <laughs> feet tall, so it's not a frightening thing, but it made it much less scary. How old were you? Oh, God. I don't know. I want to say it was in like fifth grade. Nice. My grandpa, he dressed as Darth Vader one time, but he did costumes where he was on stilts. So he would be like seven and a half feet tall as Darth Vader. That'd oh be my terrifying. goodness. And it was like a garbage bag costume. It wasn't like, oh, so it wasn't <laughs> it was like a homemade thing. So he looked like a homeless person on stilts. <laughs> no, he had like a mask and stuff. It just wasn't like store bought. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. What was trick or treating like where you grew up? Every place I've ever lived, we have never had trick or treaters come to our house. So we've like lived we lived at a golf course, but it was out in this, I'm from up North. So like really tiny towns. Um, and so no one would come to our house. So we would go, we'd have to like drive away to other neighborhoods to go trick or treating. Uh, and I went up until I think I was like 16 or 17. So I went for a long time and I always really enjoyed it, but I have always wished that I could be somewhere where I could pass out candy, which I don't know if either of you have had that privilege, but I've just never lived somewhere where people come to my door. I do now, so I have a house now, and Drew came over last year on Halloween. I didn't get a ton. No, there were only, like, five people. No, there were more than five. There were barely double digits, though. Yeah. I remember, the thing I remember most from trick-or-treating is bringing it home and my mom being like, all right, we have to empty the bags on the floor. And so we would empty my sister and I's bags of candy on the floor, and then she would pick out the stuff that she wanted and be like, this candy's not for kids. <laughs> and then she would take that shit away and then leave me with like a fucking Babe Ruth or something. And that's it. The worst chocolate bar. Yeah. Yeah. I lived in a pretty big development growing up. So there were a bunch of houses and everybody went to every single house. It was one of those things. And kids from neighboring little streets would come to our neighborhood to trick or treat. So we got a lot growing up. There were years when I helped my parents do the candy giving out thing, but I actually trick-or-treated probably until I was about 15, so. Yeah. I don't remember how long or how old I was when I stopped. I just remember there were, like, three houses in my subdivision that went all out with their decorations, and, like, it was like walking through a haunted house mm. just to get to the front door and eat the candy or get the candy from them. 
But then there are always those houses that had like, please just take one. And they've got the bowl out there and you're yeah. okay. <laughs> I never, I didn't obey that. Oh, I did. I follow rules. Me too, but not with candy. <laughs> there was one house that gave out the full-size candy. Everybody had to hit oh, that Oh, those house. are the best. Yeah. Did any of you ever do the like x-ray your candy thing? I never did, but some people's parents would make them do that to make sure they were safe. Like Wait. literally x-ray it? Yes. <laughs> what? That's a thing? I yes. mean, I knew that you threw out like, oh, that candy's open. Somebody yeah. probably put a razor blade in it or like shit like that, which was still never true. But like go to the airport and just have them like, hey, can you guys check this sort of thing? <laughs> I think it was like people who I knew who had family or friends who worked in the health field. And so then they would like bring it into work. Wow. X-rayed, yeah. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that people actually did that. Oh, and I should say, when I said I'm from up north, I forget because Drew is from Michigan. I am. I live in Michigan, so when I say that, I am referring to the state of Michigan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how far? Wait, how far were you from Traverse City? I was about. I'm an hour um, west of Traverse or east of Traverse City, so like I'm in the middle of the state and a okay. little bit more north than Traverse City. Okay. I was wondering if that's where you went for trick-or-treating, but (laughs) clearly that would be insane. (laughs) Do you have a favorite candy? I love all candy. It's hard to pick. That's the right answer. Yeah. Be my all-time favorite, but I'll eat it all. Kit Kats are good. Do you like Reese's Sticks? Reese's Sticks. The ones that are like Kit Kats, like with layers, like the new ones. Yeah. Those are, I mean, they're good. How can you go wrong? Yeah. I've never even what? Those are heard so of good them. because I love Kit Kats too, but I also love peanut butter. So like, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> is that your favorite candy? I don't know what my favorite candy is. Too many? Yeah. Do you remember when Butterfinger BBs came out probably around the same time as Hocus Pocus and it was like a big thing at Halloween with like Bart Simpson on the packaging? <laughs> no. Yeah. I remember what you're talking about. <laughs> I They were, they were like the little pellet ones of it, right? Yes. Like little balls yeah. of Butterfinger. I like those. Growing up, my favorite candies were like hot tamales and Sour Patch Kids. Mm. But I usually prefer chocolate now. That's fair. And then last question, candy corn, thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, can I do thumbs in the middle? Like I'll eat there, <laughs> but I would never yeah. buy it. Yeah. I like the yeah. pumpkins though. You know, the candy corn, like the pumpkin version. Oh, I don't like the pumpkins. You don't? I no. prefer those for some reason, but... Oh, I don't know if I've ever had those, but I feel the same way about candy corn. If it's there, I'm just going to continuously eat it, even if it's a huge bowl, but I'm yes. never going to buy it. I've been eating stale candy corn from last Halloween lately. <laughs> I thought I ate all of your candy corn from no. last year. <laughs> uh, my mom got really excited because she found candy corn flavored like the Boom Chicka Pop or whatever. And she uh, sent a picture to uh, me and my sister, and that was my sister's reaction. But my mom was like, what? It's good. <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with Drew, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll talk about Hocus Pocus now, which is a children's comedy horror movie. Horror in, like, loose quotes. Directed by Kenny Ortega. And we'll get into the specific plot points later, but it also stars... Also director of High School Musical. Oh, really? Yeah. Never saw it. (laughs) It stars Bette Midler as Winifred, Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah, and Kathy and Jimmy as Mary, collectively known as the Sanderson sisters. 
And they're witches living in Salem, Massachusetts, who were hanged in 1693 after luring children to their home in order to steal their youth. Which also, the Salem witch trials ended in 1692. Did they? I thought they started in 1692. I'm pretty sure they ended in 1692. I want to look it up while you keep talking. Go for it. But now the witches are back. And as they say, there's hell to pay. So in the present day, we have Omri Katz as Max, who is a very miserable teenager who is mad about having to move to Salem from California. And Thora Birch plays his adorable sister, Danny. And Vanessa Shaw is Allison, the girl he has a huge crush on, as Danny specifically tells Allison. (laughs) In some ways. In some ways. Um, The Salem Witch Trials were between February 1692 in May 1693. So this one couldn't happen because it's on October 31st, 1693. These witches clearly were brought in by someone that's not legal. This isn't like the official (laughs) government witch trials. These are just people doing vigilante witch work. Well, they didn't put them on trial. They hanged them the same day that they like lured Emily. We'll get into that. (laughs) Okay, go on. But the movie was released in July of 1993, which is very weird since it's a Halloween movie, and it did not do well. I wonder why. Well, they didn't want it to go out at the same time as Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. And I think there was another movie that was coming out around that time, too. I forget what, but... Yeah, but I'm sure most people aren't really in the Halloween spirit in July. And also, it came out the same day as Free Willy, which I saw Free Willy... I don't know if I saw Hocus Pocus in theaters. Did you, Grace? I saw Free Willy, but I did not see Hocus Pocus in theaters now. Yeah. I think that this is a movie that definitely peaked as part of like the home media entertainment. Did you either of you have it on VHS? I don't think we did. We did, I'm sure. I don't think we did. I think we just watched it whenever it was on like ABC Family. Yeah. Whatever. It was on the Disney Channel for a long time and then it moved to ABC Family. Yeah. So I think that's the only time I ever watched it as well. But critics were not kind to this movie, and so that didn't help with it either. Gene Siskel gave it one star and called it a dreadful witch's comedy with the only tolerable moment coming when Bette Midler presents a single song. And his counterpart, Roger Ebert, also gave it one star. I believe these are out of four. Saying, of the film's many problems, the greatest may be that all three witches are thoroughly unpleasant, They don't have personalities. They have behavior patterns and decibel levels. A good movie inspires the audience to subconsciously ask, give me more. The witches in this one inspired my silent cry. Get me out of here. (laughs) It sounds like he just didn't like the like this kind of movie, which, you know, fine, whatever. I mean, you're not supposed to like the witches. They are unlikable characters. They're trying to steal and eat children. Well, yeah, they were originally supposed to apparently be the main characters of the movie. And then Disney decided to make it a less scary route. Oh. My favorite review, though, is from TV Guide, which gave it two out of five stars. And it started with, forget amusement parks and hockey teams. It's in movie comedies that Disney is having its real crisis, as evidenced (laughs) by this would-be laugh-getter that begins with the murder of a child and a triple hanging. Yeah, that's how movies... (laughs) Whatever, like, we were just talking about this yesterday... Finding Nemo, great kids movie, starts out really fucking dark. Yeah. (laughs) Mass murder, 
Up is very traumatizing too, I think, the beginning of it. <laughs> I've never oh, seen Up. I've never seen Up and Not oh my- Cried in the first five minutes. Oh, I thought you were just going to end with the same thing that I said. <laughs> no, I've seen Up. Of course I've seen okay. Up. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, none of those reviews matter to millennials like the three of us who grew up with the movie and continue to watch it as evidenced by the fact that it has a 71% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes compared to the 33% from critics. Wow. Yeah, they're just haters. It's fine. And like we said, it's played on, you know, free form every year. And last year, which was the 25th anniversary, it averaged 8.2 million viewers during its first week on free form. Shit. Surprised. <laughs> All right. If only they had had those kind of numbers when it was in theaters. I wonder if they're getting those sweet residual checks. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Pull them (laughs) in. But that is why we are talking about it today. There are also a lot of other podcasts that are talking about Hocus Pocus lately. So, you know, nothing unique, but we'll have our own take. (laughs) Um, Normally, we go through and do a one minute recap of our TV show episodes. And for movies, we got two minutes and we're going to ask Grace here. To do that, I'm going to give you a timer. Okay. Uh, do you, are you ready to do it? Sure. Ready as I'll ever be. All right. I'll uh, I'll chime in when there's 30 seconds left. Okay. How about, you. how about you tell her a minute and 30 seconds? Fine. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a minute and 30 seconds and five <laughs> seconds. Whatever. She's coming to us remotely. She can't watch your, like, mannerisms. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Ready? Yes. Set and Go. Okay, so this movie is about a teenager named Max who just moved to Salem, Massachusetts from California. He doesn't believe, or he's not into Halloween, but the whole town is because of their history. So he um, has to, he's not wanting to go trick-or-treating, but his little sister, Danny, makes him go. She's maybe, I don't know, nine-ish. And when he goes trick-or-treating, they go to the house of this girl that he likes, and they somehow convince him to go to this old house that belonged to these three witches who were hanged in Salem, the Sanderson sisters. And so they go there and the legend is that if a virgin lights the black flame candle on Halloween night, maybe something to do with the moon. I'm not sure all the rules, but then they will come back to life. So of course he lights it and right away, the three witches come back from dead, the dead. They, Oh, goodness. I don't remember what exactly happens next, but basically they run away and um, they one minute meet up with a cat named Binks who talks. And it's a black cat. And it turns out that this is the character who in the very beginning of the movie during a flashback, you see his little sister being killed by the witches. And what they do is they use like the soul souls of little children to stay young. So this they turned the Binks, the teenager into a cat. And so he has like been haunting the house ever since to make sure no one lights the candle. Um, but of course they do. So he hangs out with Danny and Max and Allison, the girl that Max likes, and they are running away from the Sanderson sisters the whole time and trying to prevent them from sucking the lives of little children. And then they meet up with a zombie named Billy who helps them out. And then at the very end, they, um, they don't let them take Danny's soul. So the witches kind of like explode into dust before midnight on Halloween. Or, yeah, for the sun rises. <laughs> All right. Three seconds to go, even. Wow. <laughs> a little rushed there at the end. <laughs> yeah. So the exposition is necessary. Yeah. The you beginning was fleshed out. out, and then, yeah, yeah. I kind of lost it. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's just about them chasing the kids over and over in different places for pretty much the whole second yeah, half. Yeah, the the first third of the movie is the important part where you get like the facts and the why, and so you you got all that. Yeah, the rest of it is just hijinks. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I didn't mention this when I was talking about the cast, but at the very beginning of the movie, like you mentioned, there's the like teenage boy Thackeray Binks and. FYI, he's looking very sexy in that white blouse. <laughs> the loose white blouse. <laughs> Which, it's not his voice. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, so he's, the actor is Sean Murray, and he's voiced by James Marsden. No. Because I made that mistake, too. It's Jason Marsden. Oh, sorry. That's what I meant, is Jason Marsden. <laughs> right, because the first time I said it, I like I wrote down, I'm like, oh, shit, James Marsden was in yeah. this? And then I kept reading, like, it says Jason. Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden. That's what I meant. Um, they're not related. <laughs> no. But Jason Jason Marsden is the one who was on. Wasn't he on Step by Step? Um, no, I think he was on Full Full House. Was it Full House? I think he was DJ's DJ's boy, DJ's like boyfriend. one of DJ's boyfriends. Yeah. yeah, he's like the rich kid. He was also the connection to the Goofy movie because he's the voice of Max. Oh, he did a lot of voice work. I think. Yeah. The 90s. Um, is he Eric's best, like an Eric's friend on Boy Meets World? Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Not Step by Step. Yeah. He was um, on Boy Meets World. Okay. I don't remember that. Yeah. But clearly you two do. <laughs> so, yeah, at the very beginning of the movie, he goes toe to toe with these witches who do kill, I guess, his sister. They take her life force and turn him into a cat. She was not a good actress. I mean, all she did Emily? was sit there. Yeah. She, she's supposed to be dead, and then she's, like, moving on the <laughs> ground afterward. I distinctly oh. remember this. Like, she just lay on the ground and died. It's still, all you gotta do is be dead. Come on. It's for, like, one second. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really interesting when, so all of the, like, town elders or whatever come to, like, kill the witches, and the dad of Thackeray and Emily is like, where's my son? Doesn't seem at all concerned about his daughter having just been killed. Well, she's a woman and it's the 1600s. Who cares? <laughs> I feel like that's for sure. The scariest part of the movie is the very beginning. Kind of yeah. Starts out a little rocky. For me, it's a little bit later and involves Billy. Oh, you think Billy's the scariest part? Yeah. <laughs> Billy, according to something I read, Billy was supposed to be a an attractive zombie. <gasps> they they designed him to be an attractive zombie. Yeah. Wow. Which uh, the guy who plays him is also in a lot of stuff. He's in a lot of things. Oh, that's the Shape of Water connection. Yeah, he is. He's uh, <laughs> the uh, Aqua Man, whatever his I name is. I never saw it. Amphibian Man, something. He's also the in fish Pan's. Guy. Yeah, he's in Pan's Labyrinth too. Um, and he's also his in... His name is Doug Jones. He's also in Hellboy. Amphibian Man. That's what it is. Did you ever see Shape of Water? Nope. Me neither. Did I did. Try? I did, but I can't even picture what his character looks like in that movie. I mean, he's just like that big fish, right? Yeah. <laughs> he, the fish that people were like kind of attracted to that fish. I want to fuck that fish. <laughs> that's, that's what I remember seeing like people saying after the movie, like, I kind of want to sleep with that fish. I was like, oh, that's weird. He plays a lot of characters that are weirdly attractive, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. Um, oh, he was in an episode of Comedy Bang Bang. Really? I episode, love that show. 
The episode Gillian Jacobs wears a red dress with sailboats. Oh, we're going to see Comedy Bang Bang Live in <gasps> like two weeks. That's awesome. Oh, he was in the What We Do in the Shadows movie or TV show, too. Yeah. Anyway, Doug Jones tangent. Um, so, yeah, where we were at was basically just the end of the witches. They get hanged. And oh, but before that, Winifred, like the book opens and she says a spell that says basically what Grace already said, that a virgin will light the black flame candle on All Hallows Eve and they'll be back. So one of the things that I saw, I was looking up on the Internet, is that this is not the first Disney movie to mention virgins. No. <laughs> because, you know, I don't know. It's Disney. You're not sure. that The first one is Dragon Slayer in 1981, which I've never seen. Never seen I've never either. seen that. Uh, I don't even know if I've heard of it. Do you remember being scandalized by that, by him being a virgin when you were a child? Like, did that stand out to you at all? I don't think I knew what that meant. Like, I was surprised that Thora Birch's character, Danny, did. Mm -hmm. Like, she, like, berates him about it. Oh, a virgin lit the candle. (laughs) Yeah. Like, his sister's kind of, yeah, that's rude. Between that and the Yabos thing. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of Yabos, I do want to say, before I forget, that the house that they film Allison's house at, like, the scene where they go trick-or-treating at at Allison's house, I've been there. It's in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh. And... Yeah, I've I've I haven't gone inside, but I've been I've seen the outside of it. I was actually going to ask if you've been to Salem before, so the answer is yes. Yes, it's really fun. I've been there at like around in October, so around Halloween. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, my parents went a few years ago and they brought me back this Harry Potter wand. Ooh, is that Hermione's? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe. I, I think it's it is. not it's not Harry's. I know that. Do you have a wand? I have the Elder Wand, yes. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I, I bought Bellatrix Lestrange's wand when we went to Florida for DECA this past year. Nice. She has a nice, she has a cool wand. I was excited. I was way more excited to go to the Harry Potter part of the park than any of my students were. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, guys, we get to go to Diagon Alley. And they're like, cool, we're going to go on these rides, nerd. And I was like, all right, well... So now we're in the present day Salem and everybody is very excited about the fact that it's Halloween. Their teachers, you know, telling them about the Sanderson sisters and weirdly everybody like claps when (laughs) Allison is like berating Max, like saying, well, actually it's based on All Hallows Eve, a festival and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, you go you. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that they're, they're really excited for no reason. Yep. Um, but he like pretty boldly goes up to her and gives hit her his number like in front of the whole class. He says, in case Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix shows up tonight, here's my number. <laughs> yeah, I want to know Ooh. the fallout. Right. I want to know the fallout, though, like after that moment. And like, what does she go and say with her friends from there? And who's talking shit about him? Those are the scenes I want to see. Afterward. Yeah. <laughs> my note said, how is this nerd so confident? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. But, yeah, it's the end of the school day, and um, my most, like, 90s thing actually happens after they leave school when Max is on his way home. He's riding his, like, mountain bike home and stops in a cemetery, doesn't see the two, like, thugs there, and those two, especially Ice, is, like, super 90s. He has his name, like, 
in his hair, like oh, um, yeah. shaved, shaved into, into his it. hair. <laughs> that guy became a country singer. Really? He has two albums out. <laughs> uh, Larry Bagby. Oh. Yeah. His I real kind name of- is Ernie. I kind of like Jay's outfit in that scene. He's got like the doesn't he have plaid and like a leather coat on and yeah he has a leather jacket with like a um, flannel around his waist. Yeah, very nineties. I, I like it. I would wear yeah. it today. Yeah, and they take his shoes, his cool white sneakers, or what did, do they call them? Trainers or Train, something? Um, cross trainers. Cross trainers. I think. Yeah, we always called those tennis shoes here. <laughs> I feel like I would call them tennis shoes. Me too. Sometimes I feel like the regional terms that I grew up with are kind of the same as the Midwest because my mom's from Iowa. Mm-hmm. But I think Michigan and Washington have a lot of sl- similar slang and ways to pronounce things. What do you call, um, do you say pop or soda? Pop. Yeah, pop. <laughs> you say pop too? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. I've noticed that since I've been out here, though, I call it soda more. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. I'll call it soda pop like an asshole, <laughs> and I don't like that. I think I call it pop, I'm guessing because of my mom. But anyway. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So then we go to the Denison's house, so Max's house, and they had just moved in, so there's boxes everywhere. His room is so cool. Yeah, it is. It has like a mural and then a wall hanging, a tie-dye wall hanging maybe. And it had like stairs up to like this like lookout thing yeah that house is really neat yeah well we were talking about this last night did you watch hey arnold ever yes arnold had the coolest room of any child ever yes that's it like arnold's room was the ideal but i do agree that max had a pretty badass room in here yeah he's so mad about moving to salem from california but they sure were nice to him giving him that room one thing that confused me is why does he have the bedspread he has, it has like fish all over it. I don't know if you remember <laughs> what it looks like, but no, it's like from a hunting cabin that your dad might have or something. It's, it's really strange. So I was wondering if it was something that was like there before he moved in or something, but oh, it's a very random. No, I don't know. But at this point he like lays down on his bed and is thinking about Allison and probably about to like masturbate or something when <laughs> his sister pops out of the closet. <laughs> First of all, his sister, like, I don't know. Danny is. You don't like Danny? I do like Danny, but man, she just like has no situational awareness of what's going on. Well, I guess at that point, she's probably like, you know what? If she knew what a virgin was, she's probably like, I don't want to be in this closet. Well, what's about to happen is about to happen. I better pop up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you think she knew it was going to happen? She was like, I think they say she's eight and a half. She knew what a virgin was. I guess. We didn't go through all of that stuff in school until fourth grade. I don't remember when we had our first sex ed thing. I don't think I knew what a virgin was when I first saw the movie. However old that was, but. No, I, was, I definitely didn't. I was eight when this movie came out. I was five, but I definitely did not see it right away because I would have been too scared. So I think I passed <laughs> around eight probably for the first time. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. I don't know like how soon to it coming out I actually saw it, but. I was at least eight. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the same age as Thora Birch, so makes sense. I love Thora Birch. Is it, she's not in a lot of movies, but she's randomly in like four of my favorite movies. 
is one of those now and then. I love now and then. That is one of my all time favorite <laughs> movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the house from American Beauty is in this movie. Oh, really? They walk past it. Like, oh, that's after, cool. Um, I forget what scene it is, but also the house from Christmas Vacation and the house from Bewitched. All oh. all seen in this movie. Wow. That's cool. Do you know what else is seen in this movie? The Friends Fountain. I See, I knew I was you, you were going to know that one, so I didn't bring it up. <laughs> but that just came up like pretty recently. That's a fact that went viral. So it had the comparison of Hocus Pocus and Friends and everyone was like, my mind is blown. <laughs> I didn't know that until like last week. I found it out today when I was just looking up some stuff and I oh, yeah. my friends who love... I know that's your, is that Katie's that your favorite show? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I sent it to my friends who also love that. And right away, a couple of them noticed without having seen it, like the comparison before, they just saw the shot from Hocus Pocus and they were like, oh, that's the same fountain. They, yeah, I could not have <laughs> noticed, but. the On the Warner Brothers lot. But uh. yeah. So Max takes Danny trick-or-treating reluctantly. <laughs> he says that he's going as a rap singer. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And his dad is like, shouldn't your hat be sideways and like moves it on his head? <laughs> that oh, was pretty 90s. That, yeah, that is pretty 90s. He's probably like, oh, like vanilla ice or Millie Van- <laughs> that Millie Vanilli ice probably. You know, yeah. God. <laughs> but as they're trick or treating, well, they do get into another altercation with ice and what's the other guy's name? Jay. Ice and Jay, right. But then they end up at Allison's house and she lives in this giant mansion that's having a big party and they're about to like take all this full size candy when Allison comes downstairs in like a very elaborate like Victorian dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how rich people dress. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he I think it's him that convinces them to go to the Sanderson house because he's like, it's not real. Like, I'll prove it to you. Yeah. Or I think he wants her to prove to him that witches are real or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's yeah. He's just trying to hang out with Alice and like he's using it as an excuse because is she interested in Sanderson sisters? Yeah. Yeah. Because her mom ran the museum until it closed. Yeah. And they own it. Right. I don't know if they own it. I think they it. own that co- like that cottage that oh. is in. I think they might run it. I'm reading the sequel, the Hocus Pocus sequel right now. And what? Uh, yeah. The Hocus Pocus <laughs> can, and the new can sequel. Can we go back to that? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a book out by Disney Freeform or something, They're like a um, publishing house, that is the Hocus Pocus sequel. And you know it's good because there's not even an author on the front cover. Like, you can't oh. see who it's by. <laughs> but the first half of the book is basically the movie, the first, like, the original movie written out. And then the second half is the sequel, which is Max and Allison's daughter. And they talk about the how Allison's mom used to, be like, run the cottage, but they didn't own it. So Okay. So it's nice to know that they stayed together all those years. High school romances can work. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah, Uh, I'm guessing that it was like city property. That's fair. Um, Was this the part where she talks about her yabos? Yeah. Which is just an astounding fucking thing to say. (laughs) Max likes your yabos. 
Yeah, she's, I like Danny, but she would be so obnoxious to have this little sister, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's astounding they stay, well, I guess, like, they're brought together by the trauma of this entire ordeal, kind of like, uh, you know. Speed? Uh, yeah, thank you. You <laughs> knew exactly where I was going. I knew you were thinking speed. <laughs> uh, just like that ordeal. <laughs> God. Yeah, so they go to the Sanderson house, and of course, Max takes his little lighter and lights the black flame candle. And yeah, because Allison said she couldn't do it, she's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Because she's clearly not a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> and the ground starts shaking, there's green lights underneath it, and then the sisters pop through the door, and they can immediately smell Danny. Because they can smell children, or Mary can smell children. And Danny pops out and is like, It was me who brought you back. Pretending that she's like a little witch because she's dressed like one. <laughs> they don't really buy it and they're going to try to eat her, but Max takes his lighter and sets off the sprinkler, pretending like it's magic. Yeah. So in this whole scene, the, the cat starts talking to him now, right? Thackeray. The cat starts talking after, like, when they leave, basically. Oh, okay. I have a quick question. And actually, sorry, Drew, maybe this is what you were going to ask. But do you think that he, the cat could always talk or he can start talking once the sisters are brought back to life? Yeah, that was my question. Like, oh, okay. why, why doesn't this dickhead talk to, like, his dad when he's out there nuzzling up against yeah. him long ago or anybody over that time? All of a like, maybe I should talk. I think it has to do with either whoever lit the flame. Because he doesn't talk to people at the party later, either. He can only talk to these kids. Well, I think he's just realistic and knows that it would not go well for him if he were to start talking. Or maybe, like, you know, he gets killed a lot. Maybe he has been talking to people and then it just... So he's literally a cat with nine lives. Yeah. Um, but I just assumed that he didn't say anything to his dad because he had just been turned into a cat. So he didn't know how. He didn't know how to speak cat yet. Yeah. Or didn't know how to like find his human voice. Yeah. I don't know. That was just my assumption. I don't know what's true. Does it say anything about that in the book? Well, I didn't read the first half of the book, which was like the movie part. So oh. I not said anything about it in the sequel part yet, but... The cat, so obviously is played by more than one cat. Yeah. The kids apparently hated it. Oh. Because, like, at first they liked it because, you know, kitties, and they would have, like, different cats. Some that were stunt cats that would jump on things, some that would cuddle up with people. But, like, they had to earn the trust of each of these cats by using, like, clickers and treats, and I guess it just became, like, a whole thing. Hmm. And then they also had the animatronic one that was in here, which is the same one used in Sabrina. Oh, I was going to ask that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks very similar. Yep. That's Salem. <laughs> Salem in Salem. So the group goes to the cemetery, which is hallowed ground, and the witches can't set foot on hallowed ground. And this is when the witches bring back Billy Butcherson, the zombie, from his grave. And his mouth is like sewn shut. That's the part that really freaked me out when I was little. The Okay. Not the moths? Um, not probably too, but specifically I remember like, oh, you mean when they cut the string yeah, and, and the, the moths, moths come, come out? out? Yeah, that's probably what freaked me out. Which, those are real. Really? Ugh, did he have to have them in his mouth? Yeah, so I was reading Wait, about what? this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they apparently made like this pocket like that he would put in behind like the dentures that he wore for this. 
and like it left a little hole so he could breathe. But then like they had somebody come in and like a representative from the Humane Society was like there to watch and make sure everything was good. And like they took tweezers and put moths in his mouth along with like the other stuff that comes out. And so then like he did the scene and just let the moths out. Oh, my gosh. They probably did not pay Doug Jones enough. No. That's an Oscar for that. That's just. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But yeah, so the sisters brought back him so that he can chase the kids. And basically, this is the hijinks that happen. Oh, before they go to the cemetery, that's like the first time that the sisters like encounter things from the 90s that were new within the last 300 years, such as a paved road. Right, but like, okay, clearly they're amazed by some things, but then they also ride a vacuum cleaner without any yeah. qualms, and <laughs> and she's like, "Where's your driver's license?" and like says shit that she, like, come on. There's some plot holes. I'll give you that. <laughs> the microphones. I demand none. <laughs> they like knew that they needed microphones and stuff when they're singing later. They knew the words to "I put a spell on you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're magic. Yeah, um, but like, okay. What do you think they would find today if this were to happen and be set in t- now? What would they come across? They'd be like, holy shit. Um, I mean, phones. Yeah. I don't know how they would necessarily come across one without, like, going right up to a person, though. I'm trying to think of what else has been that new since the 90s other than, like, phones and the advances in computers and things like that, but... I think they would, like, what if they're flying and somebody's, like, flying a drone oh, around? Oh, yeah. Like, they just come across <laughs> drones. I feel like that would, because that would be a huge thing. Yeah. I don't know. A Roomba? A Roomba. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they have to ride a Roomba. Like, yeah. Instead of, like, when they go to Gary Marshall's house, instead of the dog there, there's, like, a Roomba cleaning the place. I love that. Oh. <laughs> Gary Marshall. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and they they got scared of the, like, I don't know. I think there was an ambulance or something that drove by. Um, I forget. Do they go to Gary Marshall's place before or after the the party that their parents are at? Do not know. Do you know, Grace? I, I don't remember specifically, but I do want to say, like, when they're on the road is when they go on the bus with the bus driver who's really into them for some reason. And then I, I, I want to say that's when they then go to... Gary Marshall's house, but I... I think that's right. Yeah. I would like to talk about the bus scene. Okay. <laughs> because they ask the bus driver, we desire... There's some like, we desire kids or something, children. And the bus driver's like, yeah, it might be a minute. This is <laughs> a thousand percent going to help them... Ki- He's kidnapped kids before. <laughs> that's what I took away from that whole scene. Uh, and it was very sexual with uh, <laughs> Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker grinding on him driving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this movie was rated PG. I think, I mean, I don't think it would be rated PG-13 today necessarily, but PG movies were definitely looser in the 90s. The restrictions were lower. But yeah, the scene where Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall are playing husband and wife when they're brother and sister in real life. <laughs> yeah. I just learned that maybe two years ago. I, I didn't. Oh, really? Yeah. It's weird. A weird choice. Casting choice. The uh, dog they have was actually Kathy. Um, Najimi. Yeah. It was her dog. Interesting. Yeah. But they, 
They think that Gary Marshall is the devil because he's dressed as the devil. And so they're like appealing to him to like help them as they're like Dark Lord. <laughs> He's the master. Oh, the master. That's right. <laughs> Dark Lord's from Harry Potter. Yeah. And he just lets <laughs> these three strangers into his house with his wife there because apparently he is flattered by them, I think. I don't know, but... He's like, oh, these three women want to come in and be in my house. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's probably not getting a lot of the attention that he wants from his wife, considering it's his sister. True. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) good point. Uh, It just reminded me of Schitt's Creek. Don't worry, it's his sister. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about the party scene. So the three kids basically go to city hall where Max and Danny's parents are at a very elaborate Halloween party. Yeah. For like, apparently all the adults in town are like, our kids are fine trick or treating, but who's passing out candy. If they're (laughs) all there and the kids are all out trick or treating, who's doing it? All the parents seem to be there in the entire town. Did everybody do the bowl with the take one, please sign? (laughs) They must. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, this is a very elaborate party. I mean, I guess I would expect that of Salem. They probably go all out for Halloween. I guess you were there around that same time. So I think I could be wrong, but I feel like I was in the building that that scene was filmed. It's like one of their it's an actual building in Salem, I believe. Um, But yeah, their their town, it go. It's like a big carnival, basically the whole month. So they probably do have wild parties, I would guess. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, so the sisters follow them there, and Max is basically trying to tell everybody that the Sanderson sisters are back, and they think it's a joke. And he's like, no, really, I lit the black flame candle. I'm a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) And the sisters come out on stage and are like, thank you for the marvelous introduction. put a spell on them so that all of the adults dance for the whole rest of the movie, basically. Which, okay, they don't have their spell book at this point, correct? No. So they can put spells on people. Why did they just put a spell on the townspeople at the beginning when they were getting hung? I think they tried to. Remember they started chanting something and the towns guy was like, don't listen to them or something like that. Okay, I don't remember that, but... Yeah, that's a good point because they do, I mean, they do cast a spell when they're about to be hung to be able to bring, you know, to come back to life. So. Right. Why not just be like, you know, I don't feel like dying right now. (laughs) Yeah. Spell. Yeah. I don't know if either of you have watched Practical Magic. Yes. But at the very beginning of that scene, they're about to hang a witch and she jumps and the rope breaks. I love that movie. I love it too. That one was filmed here. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was filmed on Whidbey Island. That's cool. It's about an hour, 40 minutes away, something like that. 
I've never seen it. Well, it, oh, it's so good. You can take a ferry there, but you can also drive to it. But yeah, um, Practical Magic is amazing. Midnight Margaritas. Yes, that's the best thing. <laughs> yeah. So after the singing scene, we see, I think Allison basically gets the idea that they can burn the witches. And so they lure them to the school and trap them in the kiln for which, like the pottery. Yeah, which is a pretty fucking intense way to kill some witches. Like, if we're being honest, for these kids, that would traumatize them, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I like that the witches are like, it's a prison for children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not funny. Wrong. On the nose. <laughs> yeah. Accurate. But they close the door and the witches catch fire and they go home and celebrate. I actually think this is the scene where they pass the Friends Fountain. I don't know that for sure, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. I remember and, tricked by this, like, false happy ending when I was a child. I mean, like, oh, they- Yeah. <laughs> now the rest of the movie, we get to see them be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, but we know. <laughs> <laughs> they go home and everybody falls asleep. Um, so Danny is with Binks, who is still a cat. That should be the first clue that not all is well. Right. And Max and... Allison are like snuggled up in bed together. <laughs> He's trying to, you know, get rid of that V card so that he can light every candle ever and not have to worry in the future. <laughs> yep. And the three witches come out of the furnace and they look just the same as they did before. They're all they're all fine, but they do need to find some children. Otherwise, they're going to die. I think if they don't find children on this night, like before the sun comes up, then they're dead forever. So Yeah. Which, if they just even find one, they're fine. So this movie could be over in about a minute. But <laughs> Danny specifically. So yeah. going they really hard to get her. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, she's the one. We need it. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting point. I wonder why they... Well, well, they do lure all those other kids yeah. into their... House. Cottage, house, whatever the hell. But they don't. But then they don't have the spell book, right? I think what happens. I could be wrong. Is that the cauldron gets spilled? So then there's only enough potion left for one child. So Winifred is like dead set that it has to be Danny. Mm. Okay, oh, yeah, enough that's for fair. one. Yeah, I think. got it. And that, and probably because like Danny's pissed her off the most. She's like, I'm taking this kid out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's not the only one annoyed by Danny. No, Max <laughs> just like. If she wasn't here, none of this would happen. I'd be getting handsy with Allison inside the Sanderson cottage. It'd be fine. I don't know. I think he still would have, like, tried to prove that he was, like, bold and stuff by lighting the candle. Maybe. He is dumb. (laughs) So, at the Denison's house, Max and... What's her name? Allison are flipping through the book, which sends a signal up into the sky. So now the sisters know where to find the book and they arrive on their brooms, but not necessarily brooms. Mary's on a vacuum cleaner. I think Sarah's, Sarah's on, a on a mop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, side note about that. Apparently, Sarah Jessica Parker loved like being in the flying harness so she would just have people like give her stuff to read and just stay up in the flying <laughs> harness between takes. I read that a while ago. I can't remember when, but I reading that 
felt like it was pretty suggestive of her relationship with Matthew Broderick on a sexual level. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Like, you think that she has her own harness now? (laughs) Yeah, they've definitely got something. I mean, they're rich people. They have, they get whatever they want. (laughs) Anyway. They go um, to the cemetery again, right? Um, so before that, Sarah sings her little Come with me, children. <laughs> right. Which she actually sang. Yeah. I uh, love that song. <laughs> and that song was written by the same dude who did the Titanic score. Oh. Uh, what's his name? Is don't it know. James Horner? Don't know. I wrote down dude who wrote the score for <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Oh, speaking of Titanic, you might already have this factoid, but they wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to play Max, but he turned it down. Oh. Yeah, for uh, Gilbert Grape, which yeah. he hadn't even auditioned for yet. Oh, which really? I, lo- I love that movie, though, so. He yeah. made the right call. Didn't he, like, win it? <laughs> no, he was nominated for yeah. an Academy Award for that. He didn't so, win until yeah. recently. Rosie O'Donnell was also almost in this movie as uh, Mary. Mary. Yeah, and then Cloris Leachman was who they first wanted to be Winifred. Oh. I mean, I love Cloris Leachman, but... Yeah, it wouldn't be. I, I do too, but it wouldn't be the same with her. Yeah. Is she the one in Double Double Toil and Trouble? Cloris Leachman? Yeah. I mean, she's in a million things. She was on, like, Mary Tyler Moore. Um, I mean, That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. So there, yeah. have you seen that movie that with Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen? We oh, tried. <laughs> we tried watching it last year, and I think we made it, like, 15 minutes. Like, it it does know, not hold up not very anymore. well. I'll say that. <laughs> Um, but she is in that. Okay. One more, one more almost for this one. Jennifer Lopez actually auditioned to be Sarah Sanderson too. Wow. Wow. That would have been good, but. I think I would have been fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been okay with that one. I, I like her more than Sarah Jessica Parker. So. Nice. Anyway. Anyway, it's hard to describe the rest of like the going back and forth thing because I feel like they're just like running and yeah. all that. And Billy what? eventually starts helping them. Right. He gets to talk. That's when the mouths come out. Oh, yeah. Moths come out. Don't Come along now. Come on now. Kill it. Do it now. Wench. Trollop. You. Firefly from the hell! Ah! I've waited centuries to say that. Oh, say what you want, just don't breathe on me. Um, and in the script, he was supposed to call uh Winnie Winifred a bitch. Oh. And he Really? Yeah, and uh Doug Jones like basically said he didn't feel comfortable doing that for a Disney movie, so he just ad-libbed and wrote the monologue thing that he says, like where he calls her a wench and all the other stuff Mm. like himself because he didn't feel comfortable calling her a bitch in a Disney movie. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Didn't he cheat on Winifred with Sarah and that was why she like sewed his mouth shut and stuff? Yeah, Yeah. that's the story. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. But he helps them and eventually uh, they're about to get Danny and Max, in a noble, noble moment, s- decides to basically sacrifice himself and drinks the potion. Yes. And. And, and the sun comes up. Yeah, she she does start to 
suck his soul away. Winifred does. But that's but then she like lands on the ground, right? On the um the hollowed ground, and that's when she turns to stone. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Which apparently they had seven different statues made of that. Wow. For that. And one of them can be found in Planet Hollywood in Orlando, along with the spell book. That's cool. Don't know where the other six are. I think this says that she was stuck between the sun and the hallowed ground, slowly turning to stone. So was it because of the ground or the sun? Well, I think so. I think the other two sisters were in the air still. So they just turned to dust because of the sun. But because she was on the ground and it was like the next day, she had that's why she's stone instead of dust. Oh, okay. And then the curse is broken. But Billy, one thing that's confusing is that Billy is still alive-ish when the curse is broken. And he just goes back into his coffin to like, I guess, just sleep there forever. Yeah. Conscious. Yeah. He calmly goes back to die. Yeah. Binks Binks dies on his sister's grave. Yep. And Danny like cries over it. But then Thackeray's spirit comes and basically thanks her and... He finds his sister off in the distance and they run off together, reunited. Yeah. Star Wars style. Force Star Ghosts. Wars style. <laughs> Just, um, one more thing about Jason Marsden. Yeah. He was my Will and Grace connection for this. Hmm. He played a character that um, I forget his name, but he was called the pocket gay, the perfect travel sized oh, homosexual. Yes. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Jack calls him that. Yeah. That that's familiar. I can't remember what episode that is, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was on that as that character. Yeah. And that's basically the end of the movie. Um, Max, Danny and Allison, they beat the sisters. The curses lifted and the people at the party stopped dancing. And clearly they lived happily ever after, according to Grace and the sequel. Yes, they do. And they move into Allison's. House. (laughs) Okay. Wow. A nice, neat little bow right there. (laughs) Um, I have a few random facts. Okay. The script was actually conceived because it was a bedtime story that David Kirshner made up to for his kids. And then he wrote it down. And when they pitched it, they pitched it in a dark room decorated with two broomsticks and a vacuum cleaner dangling from the ceiling (laughs) and 15 pounds of candy. Wow. Wow. So they were just like, let's get these people hopped up on sugar and then they'll definitely be on board with this. Right. Like They're just like, all right, well, I guess let's create Halloween here. Uh, does anybody have anything? No, just these brooms in a vacuum. We'll make it work. <laughs> Is this the first? I'm trying to think of like, what are some of the first movies that were made specifically for Halloween? I know that you said that same year, Nightmare Before Christmas came out, but... I feel like there's not a lot of Halloween movies that are like kid, like family movies. Yeah, I think we've talked about the main ones, um, like Double Double Toil and Trouble or whatever. Yeah. Um, I never really got into Halloween movies, so I'm not the best expert for this. <laughs> oh, did we, didn't we talk about Drew Ernest Scared Stupid? Oh yeah, we were, I think we were texting about that one. <laughs> that that was a Halloween one, right? Yeah. It's scary. (laughs) Right. The troll was terrifying. I don't think I saw it. It really scared me as a child. And I think we... Go ahead. 
I was just gonna say, but if you watch it now, it is not, it's really ridiculous, but. Were there any other movies that traumatized you as a child, whether they were Halloween or not? The Hug a Bunch Kids, which is a really random movie that probably most people haven't heard of. It's like a no. half animated with some live action in there. And it's not supposed to be scary, but it really freaked me out. Yeah. I saw Death Becomes Her in the movie oh, yeah. theater. My aunt took four kids between the ages of four and seven to see this movie. And my sister and I were like bawling in the <gasps> theater when I, th- I think it's when... Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn are fighting and Goldie Hawn hits Meryl Streep with the shovel and her head like goes down. And that would be scary. I was was so scared. I didn't watch that movie again until last year. It's good though, but I wouldn't like it as a child. No, no, never seen it. It's so good, but it is kind of scary. It weirdly has Bruce Willis in it. Oh, (laughs) But yeah, anything traumatizing for you? Ernest scared stupid trial because okay. I was terrified. There's a scene where like a kid's in bed and then he rolls over and he thinks like the troll thing is there and it's not. But then he turns back over <laughs> and it's right there in bed with him. And like I was so afraid of turning over in my bed for like a year and having the troll be there. <laughs> Do you remember wow. how old you were when you watched that? No. Yeah, I think I was like four or five, but it definitely, it's not supposed to be scary, but yeah, definitely scary. Right. It's not supposed to be? Well, no, it's, it's, it's an earnest movie, stupid. so like yeah. very silly, and my parents <laughs> knew that I was scared easily, but they thought that it would be fine, and it was not, but. Do either of you know what the original name of the movie was? Nope. I think, was it like the Halloween house or the spooky house or something like that? Yeah, originally called Disney's Halloween house. Um, which doesn't, is, is that implying like their house, the Sanderson sisters house or I guess, I don't know. Hmm. I would have think, I would think it would have been something like all Hallow's Eve house or something like that. Cause right. Like the, what the actual, the <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. Um, randomly the movie's called Abracadabra in some countries. It's oh. of Hocus Pocus. I wonder if Hocus Pocus just like, isn't a phrase. Right. Um, Bette Midler, she had two people follow her around on set with, uh, dictionaries of old curse words so she could (laughs) use them in, in her scenes. That's fun. She's like, yeah. Uh, you said you'd went to Salem. The cast also went there on the 300th anniversary of the witch trials to visit funsies for them. And then my two favorite ones. Sarah Jessica Parker actually has an ancestor who was accused of and arrested for being a witch. Oh, do you uh, know the name? Esther Ewell. Hmm. Was she part of the Salem witch trials? She was. Um, she The court dissolved before she was tried or anything, so mm. she got away. Somebody claimed to have seen her spirit strangling another girl. Oh. Wow. I used to be obsessed with the Salem witch trials. Really? Yeah, I used to read this. There was this book by Catherine Lasky called Beyond the Burning Time, and I would read it every year for like probably about three or four years when I was little. And yeah, I just loved anything to do with the Salem witch trials. Wow. I know I've never read, I know like The Crucible is a big play about it. I saw that. Uh, you did? Was it mm-hmm. good? Um, so when I saw it, weirdly, 
one of the people that was in the cast. So I saw it here in Seattle and one of the cast members was in a 90s show called Boston Common, <laughs> um, which is a show that most people don't really remember. But it was part of, I think, NBC's Thursday lineup. So. I've, I remember the name, but I don't think I ever saw that show. Yeah. Last fact that I've got was in 2010, there was a tribute of sorts for the movie. Uh, a porn parody called Hocus Pocus XXX. Oh, not super creative with the name, but. The only connection as far as I can tell from the trailer for Hocus Pocus XXX is the hairstyles of the women. Oh, <laughs> I would have thought they would have made a pun with the pocus part. Yes. Like, uh, poke. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, it looked like. Three women who had like the hairstyles of the witches and then some guy came in with a mask and that was the trailer for Hocus Pocus XXX. You watched the trailer for this movie? Of course movie? I did. <laughs> I'm doing research here. I'm thorough. Is that all you watched? Just the trailer? I was coming here. I had to leave. <laughs> nice. I'm curious. Have any of you... So both of you watched this first as kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did, have either of you introduced this to people in your life who are who have never seen it and are now like adults, so they're watching it for the first time as an adult? Last year we did. We watched it with our friend Kirsten, who hadn't seen it before. Did she like it? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think she got it. I mean, we were doing other things at the same time that the movie was on, but... Yeah. Yeah. That's the experiences I've had, too, is I'll, you know, have a friend who's maybe older than me or like a cousin or something i'll be like oh my goodness you need to watch this we watch it every year and then they just are not that into it it seems like yeah i think nostalgia is a big part of it even yeah. though like the movie didn't do well in theaters i think enough people saw it as kids that it's able to do well now so i am kind of curious what kids seeing it now on freeform think do do your parents like it like did you ever watch it with adults when you were a kid and I have no memory of watching it with my parents. Yeah, I have no idea what my parents think of it. Okay. I watch it with my mom every year, so she loves oh. it. Like, I know other adults who watch it with their kids, and they love it, so obviously. But maybe it's just having that, like, child around to make it, Yeah, I don't know, not seem as cheesy or something. But My mom loves Practical Magic, so that's the one that my mom, my sister, and I for sure watch every year. Not necessarily together, but... Well... Before we rate it, I've got three final questions for each of you. Okay. First of off, first of off, first of <laughs> off, first off, what do you think is the most ridiculous scene from this? Hmm. Okay. Good question. Ridiculous. I think maybe I would say the scene with, I just looking at it with the lens from today is the scene with the fake police officer where He's like one oh. of Max even more for being a virgin who he's only like 16. So I think, I mean, it's silly and I don't know, but I guess maybe that one stands out to me as being ridiculous, but. Okay. That's fair. A lot to choose from. Yeah. For me, it's probably <laughs> the scene where Jay and Ice are in the Sanderson sisters house in like those giant cages Singing row, row, row your boat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so what happens to them? I, I always think about that at the end of the movie. Like, do they make it out? You know, <laughs> I'm sure eventually someone went and got them. Yeah. Ma maybe like a day later. <laughs> According to the sequel, they do get out. 
<laughs> oh, okay. So Are they in the sequel then? Yeah, the Jay is the principal of the school that <laughs> Max's daughter okay. goes to. Yeah. This sounds like wow. the most like half-assed sequel. <laughs> no one from this town left. <laughs> it's not great to be honest, but I'm I'm plugging, I'm trucking through it. Question number two. Wait, what was yours? I didn't ask me. I'm asking you. Um Honestly, I think the most ridiculous scene for me is when Danny says that Max likes Allison's yabos. Mm, yeah. That's, I'm like, really? Come on. Or when she collapses into that pile of hay oh, yeah. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> because, like, that's not her house. She doesn't know what's in there. It could be, like, dog shit. And she, like, <laughs> lay, lays down to cry on a pumpkin. Anyway. <laughs> what wouldn't work today? I mean, I think... Going off of what I just said, I think that some people have I've seen articles or people talking about this movie uh, in a negative way because of like the whole making fun of Max being a virgin. So, you know, just they wouldn't do that. Yeah, I think today in our culture, we wouldn't do that anymore. But um, I don't know. I don't think they really do it. I mean, they do it a little bit in the movie, but it's not super extreme. But I, I don't think that that would fly anymore in a movie, especially a kid's movie. Yeah. I think that somebody would have live streamed all of the magic and that would have convinced people that something was actually happening. So it probably wouldn't have escalated as much. I think like today they would have just texted a bunch of people and been like, hey, we need you to come here and help us with something like they get their. I don't know if Max has any friends. He seems like a loner, but (laughs) like they would have figured Allison has friends. They would have figured something like they would have texted their parents and like their parents would have come because they've been like, oh, we're helicopter parents now. It's the Uh, almost 2020s. Yeah. Oh, actually, also, none of those kids would be trick or treating by themselves. So when Danny is trying to ask Max to take her trick or treating, he's like, you're eight. Go by yourself. No. (laughs) Yeah. Is it dark out when they're trick or treating? Because Yeah. yeah, I feel like it. It's, it ends now at like 7 p.m., doesn't it, when it's barely dark? Um, I feel like when I was a kid, it, we would be out, out at like midnight, which I know isn't true, but that's <laughs> you're a child. You're like, oh, it's so late. Yeah. Yeah, no, kids here do trick-or-treat in the dark. I don't remember really getting any kids before it was dark yesterday. No. Last year? Oh, what did I say? Yesterday. <laughs> oh, yesterday. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, last question. Of the main characters... Who was the dumbest? Meaning, not like intelligence-wise, who's the dumbest? Meaning, over the course of the movie, who did the stupidest things towards their survival or winning? Hmm. I think I would say Winifred, because she, they easily could have survived the night if they had just focused on any other child but Danny. Like, once they do that song and collect all those kids in their cottage. (laughs) So, probably Winifred. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I think I got to agree with you. It's it's definitely one of the witches, and she's the leader. So like, she dug herself into a new hole. They they made it harder than they needed to be to survive. Yeah, I mean, Max was clearly not using his head for a lot of it. Not the right one. Not the right one. <laughs> uh, by bringing them back in the first place, you know, he had some weird confidence that definitely backfired. Yeah, I mean. The parents also might have been the dumbest people just because, well, they, they were made out to be dumb for the movie. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. True. The parents were dressed as Madonna, 
with the like cone boobs. Cone boobs, yeah. And what was the dad like Dracula or something? Yeah, I think he was Dracula. Dadula. <laughs> oh, Dadula. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember the Madonna costume kind of scandalizing me as a kid. I remember yeah. thinking, oh my goodness, like what are you wearing? But <laughs> I remember that too. Well, and it is very much like any of the other things from the 90s, like Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark, where the parents never believe the kids and they're kind of like these big doofuses and don't help at all. Um, it's very much in line, I think, with every other kind of scary kids show from then. Yeah, definitely. So should we rate? Yeah, let's rate it. All right. So uh, I don't like scary movies, but I do <laughs> like this movie. It's fun. And it's still, you know... There are a lot of ridiculous things, and it does seem to focus a lot on Max's virginity more than you would think for like a Disney movie would do. But it's still a fun movie, and like all of the, all of just the real weird set pieces and stuff that they do are fun to watch and and kind of follow along with. Um, I would give it probably three and a half a muck a muck a muck <laughs> out of five. That's my favorite line from the movie: a muck a muck a muck. <laughs> she has some good lines in the movie. Yeah. So I, like I said, don't actually remember when I first saw this movie, but I grew up with it. I know that. I think just from watching it on TV, but I do still have that nostalgic aspect with it. So I think that watching it now as an adult, I kind of view it the same way I did back then. I don't focus as much on the plot holes that we were talking about before, like how, you know, they know what a microphone is, they know what a driver's license is, all that stuff I kind of just ignore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think I can still, like, appreciate it. Plus, you know, I have all of the Funko Pops that relate to the movie, so obviously I like the movie. I'm going to give it four out of five tie-dye shirts because I didn't mention it, but Max was wearing the most, like, crazy tie-dye shirt at the beginning of the movie. It's the color of all of the witch's hair. Oh. <laughs> so it was intentional. And is, does he have it on? I could be misremembering this, but is it on over a purple sweatshirt? Like I think so. <laughs> from the 90s where you'd, like, layer T-shirts over stuff? Uh, it it's definitely be. over some sort of long sleeve shirt. Okay. What is your rating, Grace? So I acknowledge that this maybe objectively isn't the greatest movie. And I understand when people don't like it if they didn't grow up with it. But I watch it every year at least once. Sometimes, even when it's not fall, I will watch this movie. So it is one of my all-time favorites. So I would have to give it a five out of five yabos because <laughs> it is one of my favorites. Nice. nice. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for letting us do this and joining us for it. It was fun. Hopefully you had fun. Yeah. You're our first remote guest. Yeah. Thank you so much for accommodating my remoteness and for yeah. having me on here. Yeah. And it was good to meet you. Yeah. It was nice <laughs> meeting you too, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Do we have a TV show we're doing next time? Um, we haven't picked one. Oh, Got any I suggestions. Was, <laughs> I was thinking maybe we do Alex Mack or something. Or Clar we haven't done Clarissa Yeah, either. we haven't done Clarissa. I vote Clarissa. She's awesome. Clarissa? Do you want to do that? Yeah. It could be a lot of things to be said about the security of her room. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that she has a pet alligator. Oh, God. So many things. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So next time we'll do Clarissa Explains It All. I actually have one of the seasons on DVD. Nice. <laughs> Me too. They're all available on Amazon Prime. So if you need to watch some. Are they... 
on Prime or just for buying? To rent. You can, you can yeah. or rent, I think, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think I have purchased a few of the episodes, but no full seasons on Amazon. Okay. But... In the meantime, while you're waiting for that, please go on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review us. If you can send us a five-star rating, that would be very much appreciated. That's how we raise in the rankings on iTunes specifically. They have a weird magical algorithm. We actually do have a review to read if you want to do that. Cool. All right, so this is from Kim from the Dark Rose Podcast. Says, this show is my entire childhood and teen years wrapped up in a nice little gift box. I really enjoy listening to Katie and Drew banter and display their deep knowledge of all things 90s. This podcast is a ton of fun. Don't miss out. Deep knowledge is <laughs> one way to put it. It's it's a lot of, uh, not even a lot, it's some internet research. It's half-assed <laughs> internet research within the hour beforehand. Yes, but... That was a five-star review. Makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So if you can also help us with a review, that would be great. And if you don't already follow us on social media, we are TFGIF Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also send us an email and suggest some shows or movies for us to cover. That's TFGIFpodcast at gmail.com. And that's about it. Yep. So until next time... Bye. Bye.